0: Welcome to the Baptist broadcast where we do biblical, intellectual, and uncompromising theology for God lovers. Welcome to today. I don't know. Uh, I didn't know what to say right there. Uh, It's a cloudy day here in my neck of the woods. Uh, Of course, you start any good conversation off with uh, talking about weather, um, especially when you're over the age of 30, as is the case with me. Um, So, it's kind of like uh, all of a sudden when you become a certain age uh you you begin to get uh into boring conversation and boring conversation interests you the the more you age I, I i've noticed that like you know as a little kid i i thought adult conversations were some of the most boring things that you could possibly experience and then you know i get into my 20s and i start to have some of those adult conversations that I thought were really boring as a child, you know, politics, um, uh, the weather, uh, you know the, these these conversation starters that older people have generally bad conversation really is what it is and um, and then and then and then you know the older I've gotten, the more I've enjoyed those kinds of conversations. and uh, it's just yeah, uh, my uh, five-year-old self would be very disappointed in me but um, anyway, I, uh, I, I wanted to, to, to talk about today um, the idea of, of what to do in your church when there is conflict. Uh, of course, this is an issue that every church on the face of the planet has faced or will face. Um, there, there will be conflict. Um, the church that I pastor is, uh, was, was planted in the 50s. So it's relatively to my lifetime and into the lifetime of many, uh, it is an old church. Um, and so it has been through various conflicts. And a lot of new churches may not have uh, have experienced some of the conflicts that older churches like like mine have have experienced. Um, but nevertheless, because we we sojourn in this world, we pilgrim in this world to the celestial city, we will experience conflict and I've only pastored my church for two years. It's been uh, somewhat of a of a of a dream tour, but it's not been it's certainly not been uh, without its its difficulty and without its conflict. So um, I think it would be good to to kind of peer back into the uh, the lives and the church life of our Baptist forerunners to see kind of how they thought, about handling conflict, especially in the case of uh, today's culture, church culture, where you know you experience conflict uh, within the church, and we, we've been pretty much groomed to leave. Uh, we have a, a disagreement, and and rather than staying around, and 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 uh, you know. Uh, uh, clinging iron together sharpening iron with one another uh, instead of uh, looking for edification and desiring putting in the hard work to 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 labor and plot along with one another as, as Americans who are cons- very consumeristic very um, hedonistic uh, we, we we've just been kind of groomed to to just leave to just leave so when something bad happens when when some conflict arises when some disagreement becomes apparent, uh, we just take off and say, "Sayonara." We're going to go find some other group of people to to sojourn with and to do this life with. And the, the truth of the matter is, is that the church was never designed to 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 be like that. Uh, if that were going on in the first century, and and in fact, I think it was to some extent, not and not for the same reasons that it does today. Um, but if but if but if what is if, but if what goes on today was going on in the first century, they would have gotten a letter from an apostle. <laughs> and it would have been it would have been a letter of, of censure. It would have been something like First Corinthians, right? Um, and 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 in fact, you know, I think some of this was going on in the first century. Uh, you see, for example, in in uh, is it First Timothy? Of course, I've written it wrongly. It's Second Timothy, uh, chapter one. Uh, it's going to be my text for uh, this coming Sunday, the second sermon. And you see this dynamic play out verses thirteen through through 18 in 2 Timothy chapter 1, hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. That good thing, that good thing, or good deposit in some translations, uh, which has been entrusted to you to keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. Verse 15, this you know, that all those in Asia have turned away from me. So he gives, he gives, uh, Paul gives a commandment, hold fast the pattern of sound words is an exhortation, uh, and then he and then he gives a, a real-life example of the opposite of holding fast to the pattern of sound words in verse 15. So verses 13, 14, that's what to do. In verse 15, you get what not to do, and it's reinforced by a real-life example, something that Paul has actually experienced. And, and, and he says this, he says, This you know, that all those in Asia have turned away from me, among whom are jealous and Hermogenes. The Lord grant mercy to the household of one Cipharus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. But when he arrived in Rome, he sought me out very zealously and found me. The Lord grant to him that he may find mercy from the Lord in that day. And you know very well how many ways he ministered to me at Ephesus. And so you get the, you get the, you get the commandment or the doctrine. You get really the doctrine stated, which is loyalty to the gospel, in verses 13 and 14. And then Paul is gracious to give us, in verses 15 through 18, two real-life examples. Uh, one example, the first example, Phygellus and Hermogenes, is the example of a lack of loyalty. Uh, we might say cowardice. Um, we might say shame, pressure from men, faith in men, not in God. Uh, whatever reason they had uh, for turning away from uh, their dear brother Paul and 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 going some other direction, um, and, and in the first century to turn away from an apostle who's who's planting churches is just akin to really turning away from the church itself. It's not like they just turned away from Paul and went to a different church that agreed with their with their perspective. That's not how it worked in the first century. When you turned away from the apostle, you turned away from the apostle's teaching. All right, and, and, and that's what has happened with Phygellus and Hermogenes. And then in verses 16 through 18, you have one Cipheris, Uh, and one Cipheris shows a great deal of loyalty to the gospel in his practice because he's not ashamed of Paul's chains, which are because of the preaching of the gospel in the first place. So one Cipheris is not ashamed of that. And then when he arrived in Rome, he showed a great deal of brotherly, true, genuine brotherly love by very uh, zealously seeking Paul out and then the lord uh or or then paul uh blesses him essentially he says grant to him that he may find mercy from the Lord in that day that day when uh presumably when the lord returns and you know very well how many ways he ministered to me at ephesus so this is dear brother here one Ciferous, uh and and ministering to paul and loving paul uh and then you have the complete opposite in, in Phygelus and hermogenes um and this is the the deal um in the New King James, the kind of subtitle to this section of text is Be Loyal to the Faith. Um, but but loyalty, what is loyalty but love? Um, loyalty is love. Uh you might be able to say that something like loyalty or courage or commitment, all of those are are practical expressions of love. And so to the extent that you do not have loyalty, you do not have love to whom you are. Uh, to be loyal to, um, so so we need to we need to apply that to, now to our topic, and, and that's how to deal with conflict within within the church. Obviously, uh, phygellus and Hermogenes' departure from Paul began with some kind of conflict. It may not have been an explicit doctrinal disagreement. It may have been more of a uh, an internal conflict within those two individuals uh, being pulled one way by the world uh, and another way by the gospel, and then the world wins out because they showed their loyalty, their love to be somewhere else, right. But there was some kind of there was some kind of conflict. It was either implicit or explicit that 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 really led to what what happened or what is described in verse 15 of, of 2 Timothy one. And so when these kinds of conflicts happen, the first thing that we need to consider as Christians is the question: How do I, uh, how do I maintain uh, a loving loyalty to Christ, to the gospel, and to the people that Christ has purchased with His blood? the, the nearest of which are those in your local church. Okay. Uh, how, so how do I maintain a loving loyalty for that people? And I think a really good theological answer is given in the chapter on the church in the second London Baptist confession of faith specifically article number 13 um and listen to to this and you'll really get the the kind of Baptist Puritan heart behind this and you you'll see the spirit of second Timothy uh 13 to to 14 uh second Timothy chapter 1, 13 to 14, here in this paragraph. Um, and what they say is, no church members, no church members, upon any offense taken by them, having performed their duty required of them towards the person they are offended at. Okay, in other words, uh, they've made, they're, they're offended, uh, someone has offended them, and then they've also made an effort to reconcile themselves with those people. Okay, so after they've, they've, they've performed their duty required of them towards the persons they are offended at, no person or no church member ought to disturb any church order or absent themselves from the assemblies of the church. Now, how many times in, in, in modern churches do we see both of those things happening upon some offense that has been taken? I always think about like the people that walk into the Grace Community Church, you know John MacArthur's church, and they try to disturb the service and they're protesting his Calvinism or whatever. Uh I always think that's kind of more of an extreme example, but but you 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 have people who do this in a very passive aggressive, very uh implicit way as well through sowing seeds of discord uh in the in the congregation um, through through trying to form cliques within the congregation and and fragment the congregation in that way um, and, and, and and so explicit as some some people are so explicit as to actually you know persuade a group of people to leave the church with them so that kind of that 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 those are all ways to disturb church order um, we think of the explicit ways obviously uh you know walking in and protesting what's being preached or whatever and uh, and all of that it, you know, none of that should should happen. Um, neither should they absent themselves from the assemblies of the church. Um, this is a big one because today, and we saw over this last year, how easy it is for Christians to absent themselves from the body uh, under the pretense of you know, well, we can worship online or whatever. It's so easy nowadays. There's there's almost no loyalty to the corporate assembly. Of the saints, the in body or in in the flesh assembly, in person assembly, of the saints, and so this is one that really needs to be to be hit upon here. Um, sometimes when people get offended, or when they, or when they, or when they become bitter towards some disagreement, uh, they 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 might leave the church. And, and absent themselves. And their thinking may at first be, well, I'm just going to take a break, right? And because they're away from the means of grace, the means by which God edifies them and keeps them accountable, uh, they they usually never come back when that happens. Um, and and, and uh, this whole coronavirus thing and the lockdowns has made provision for that to happen at an accelerated rate, such that I believe the Lord is sorting the wheat from the chaff. And, um, and and so what you have is you have kind of an accelerant, kind of like a fuel to the fire in the coronavirus that plays on people's, all across the country, this is happening at churches all across the country, it plays on people's preexistent, perhaps, bitterness or discomfort that they had because of some disagreement. And then coronavirus was a reason to get out, out from the church and to kind of abstract themselves from the church. And, um, and they're thinking, of course, as well, well, I'll come back. But then time goes on. They're away from the means of grace. They don't have the fellowship. And then boom, before you know it, they're not coming back. They're not coming back. And, um, and and that's, that's really the pattern. That's the pattern. And it really comes down to this, a lack of loyalty and love for the people whom, Christians have claimed to love. And that's their that's the that's the fellow saints at their local church. We say this all the time. You know, we love each other. Uh we love the Lord's Day because we get to gather together with one another because we love each other. But then when some little disagreement arises, boom, we're gone. You know, that's how it works. And 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 you wouldn't do that to your flesh and blood family. Um you wouldn't do that to your flesh and blood blood family, but yet the people who wear The righteous robes of Christ that were purchased for them in his very blood, we will leave just like that, just like that, without any any question. So, and they go on in in this paragraph, you know, not to absent themselves from the assemblies of the church or administration of any ordinances. That's an interesting one. Some people take it upon themselves to absent themselves from, for example, the Lord's Supper, and uh, they, they, they think, well, you know, there's been some disagreement and, you know, for whatever reason, they think that they should absent themselves from the Lord's Supper, even though they're not put under any kind of formal church discipline. Uh, and that's not right either. Uh, we are commanded, after all, to partake of the Lord's Supper. And if the Lord's Supper has not been closed to that person as a result of church discipline, then they should partake of the ordinance. Uh, and not not take it upon themselves to 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 restrict themselves in that way. So, uh, not you know not 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 absent themselves from the administration of any ordinances upon the account of such offence at any of their fellow members. And then here's the key part, and this is where love and loyalty come in because you have love and loyalty produce patience. All right, if you're really loyal to something, you are patient with them, long suffering with it, right? You, you are you're willing to be steadfast and, and wait, and that's exactly what they say. They say, but wait upon Christ. Wait upon Christ in what, right? We'll just wait for some mystical feeling? No. In the further proceeding of the church. In other words, be patient so to allow the church to work and to do that which it was designed to do, right? And, um, you know, this could this could refer to any number of things, uh, but here I think really in their minds, they have the order of church discipline in view given in Matthew 18. In fact, that's one of the proof texts cited. And so this idea of, of there being a fence, you know, and, and people will just leave. Well, there's actually an order to how we are to deal with those things, with sin within the body, um, and to just remove yourself from the assembly, to remove yourself from the administration of the Lord's Supper to 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 uh, to disrupt or disturb church order uh, in a hasty fashion because of uh, because of um, uh, because of some offense that has been taken uh, well, then that is to override or undermine the order that Jesus gives us. The Lord of glory himself gives us in Matthew 18. Anyway, brothers and sisters, I hope that this was a helpful little uh, insight into uh, our forerunner's thinking uh, on conflict within the church and how to deal with it. It comes down to love, loyalty, patience, and long-suffering. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful rest of your day.